0: Now you are ready to sail for the horn. Hey, hey, roll and go. Our boots and our clothes, boys, are all in the horn. To me, rollicking, randy-dandy-o. Oh.
1: Hello, play welcome the to the quarter three movie podcast away. for The Lighthouse. Play, my hey, name is Tom Chick. I'm here with play, Christian Murkowski. I'd the
0: like the you to call me by my name, Starbuck. Play,
1: and with a Lighthouse tagline... Kelly Wand.
2: Defoe's funniest nautical adventure since Speed 2 Cruise
1: Control. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Wand, I feel like that one was for me because on this podcast, I'm the one who's most recently seen that movie.
2: I remember it like it was yesterday. Though. Yeah. And you, everything you mentioned from it, I go, oh, yeah, yeah. Remember yeah, Jason Patrick Frank turns a Kai. valve.
1: He, switch, mm-hmm. he turns the valve around and, has to, and saves people. It's That's the third act. Right. That oh, act spoiler, right. Act, my friend.
2: That is Cal- how you – Beat a bus jumping
1: over a freeway <laughs> Right, to crank, Tom. <laughs> in um, a boat. Ship. In a Ville Ocean liner, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, the whole time, Sandra Bullock's riding around on a jet ski with a
2: uh, black Defoe. guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's screaming like a woman. He's all, Aah!
1: But Kelly, well, this isn't the him. podcast for Speed 2 Cruise Control. This is the podcast for The Lighthouse. So we I'm curious, do you have more taglines for The Lighthouse? That's what oh, I was going to ask. Oh, yeah. setting that
2: up. Uh, Defoe's best nautical
1: accent since Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. <laughs> he's always a it? sailor, Tom. Right. I, I, I'm surprised you got that much mileage out of, uh, of the fancy Willem Defoe taglines. Are there more? Even in Defoe,
2: he's kind of swimming when his hands come up with Uh, Pattinson's... <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little sick. And my microphone wow. sucks. Pattinson's sexiest since The Rover... The movie Virginia Woolf doesn't care if you see. And uh, for the poster, 1880s lighthouse porn options, colon, ersatz, exclamation point.
1: I liked the early ones. Your your earlier, funnier period was better, (laughs) Kelly Wand. (laughs) I really thought punctuation would get a huge laugh.
2: Now I know better.
1: Well, Dingus, what what is Kelly Wand going on about?
2: What am I going on about,
1: Dingus? Jesus.
0: This week we saw The Lighthouse, a 2019 psychological horror drama movie about more tall tales. It was directed by Robert Eggers and written by him with Max Eggers. It stars Willem Dafoe, Robert Cottinson, I mean, Pattinson, and Valeria Karaman.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh still interested. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy.
1: I'll make it work.
0: <laughs> I bet you will. Um the lighthouse is rated R.
1: What? Come on, it seemed family friendly enough. Dingus, why I does want the kids MPA to see this? Yeah, what's going on with the MPAA saying it's why rated R? Why? Children?
0: Well, Tom, it's rated R for sexual content. Fair enough. Nudity. What? Yep. Violence. Crazy. Mm, okay. Disturbing images. I would agree. And some language.
1: And smoking. Okay. Let's not forget all the smoking.
2: Oh uh, yeah, that's super. Adult.
1: Kelly, one. I had to remind the MPAA about smoking. Is there anything you need to remind them about?
2: I noticed improper uses of a lighthouse and <laughs> pipe and seagull. Parental <laughs> guidance denied. <laughs>
1: Wow. Denied. That's hardcore. I don't want
2: parents seeing this film. They won't understand it. Only children. Just the kids, right? Yeah.
1: Uh, Speaking of understanding this movie, critics quite liked it. It's at 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. The Metacritic average for various reviews is 83. Uh, It did not open wide enough to get a cinema score rating, but if it had, it would have gotten a (laughs) D-minus. Uh, it opened on its first weekend. The rich at, man's mother. At number 15, its opening weekend with a half a million dollars.
2: It's not about the, the Benjamins. It's about, you'll watch this forever.
1: Well, this is, yeah, this is definitely not an A24. They didn't have the confidence in this that they had in The Witch. Uh, it was a much really? more, uh, yeah, it was a much more limited it's opening.
2: It bigger cast. Or, I mean more, <laughs> bigger <blue> cast. <laughs> it. it had All fewer right.
1: animals, right, yeah. I had fewer witches. So, uh, Kelly Wand, I think that everyone listening to this podcast is ready for you to just say things that happened in the lighthouse. You don't really have to do any work for a synopsis. Just say the things that happened, and it's going to be a little bit crazy, right? Well, I think we'll agree I didn't do any work when you hear the <laughs> opposites. Uh, what would such a thing be called, Kelly Wand? The lighthouse us. Awesome. Rock and roll. I want to hear this.
2: Beside me, Lautner stands up and goes, By the way, uh, I'll be doing a table read of Abduction uh, by Poor Eagle Eye from 2011 outside in the rain later in a ditch. Beside him, Kristen Stewart's all. Pff. Beside her, Dingus is all. She even has
3: Brando's laugh! <laughs>
2: The wow. boat drives to a lighthouse while the music implies that the boat's engine is powered by demonic pistons. It drops Defoe and Pattinson off by a lighthouse and drives off, tooting its horn. Later, asshole! Besides <laughs> the, <laughs> the candor is all, my lighthouse movie had a baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <right up>
2: there. <laughs> Pattinson stares at us and then at the cander. Beside me, Anya taylor all. don't worry Robert Pattinson, talking to a black goat paid off for my Eggers movie character, big time. So just embrace the mystery, hang in there, it's all going to be great, you'll be floating away, it's awesome. <laughs> Later in a bedroom, R, me bunk be the one covered in socks and undies that reeketh of loth in the demon web's pit. By the way, it'd be bad
3: luck to kill a seabird. fast you mighty Neptune.
2: He farts killing a pelican sitting <laughs> on a window sill. So. Beside me, Momoa is all, bro, that was sick. And goes to the box office to pay more money. He uses his aquabad outfit, <laughs> meaning naked with tattoos and holding a uh, trident. Suddenly... Pattinson notices that Defoe's fart has burned a hole in his mattress, so he naturally sticks his fingers inside (laughs) and pulls out an aerial action figure
3: made out of evil. (laughs) His dick's all, hell yeah, although I wish it smelled of someone else's farts.
2: I lean over to Bradbury sitting beside me and go, I've been on that date, but it was with Big Jim. He says something about odd leaves and foghorns and how book temperatures work. As the Odd Couple theme starts playing, there's a montage. Pattinson in the rain trying to push coal in a wheelbarrow before it's smashed apart by a rock. Daisy Ridley waves an apologetic lightsaber. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. i did this in episode nine, too. uh, (laughs) Classic me. Defoe posing naked with a trident while lightning slashes the black sky behind him. This is the montage while the odd couple themes play, just to remind you. Pattinson drinking heavily and watching through a metal grating while Defoe fucks something with tentacles. Pattinson smashing a seagull to bloody pulp on a rock. Defoe lighting the lighthouse light ablaze with his fart. A mermaid and a seagull and Donald Sutherland all screeching at Pattinson while Defoe watches smoking his pipe. (laughs) Then he nods and makes some marks in his
3: logbook. Beside me, naked Arnold's all. In the classic, it is romp, Conan the Barbaric, I get crucified for posing as a gay snake enthusiast and then for spilling Darth Vader's soup. So then, Seagull eats my sensitive nipples, so I trick the bird with my teeth. And then, by my mustached friend, magically appearing to rescue the bird from me. (laughs) Hey, congrats on Dark Fate's opening weekend box (laughs) office, (laughs) Arnold. And Genesis's, and T3's. I'm sure this one's way different. Shut up, Kostner. The only franchise is Waterwood. My child actor sidekick from The Last Action Hero could murder your Waterwood child actress (laughs) with the acting ability in his little finger. Teaching a robot how to speak Spanish before he kills another robot isn't a good third act. <laughs> Tell your plastic surgeon he forgot to do your nose and your hairline because you still had your headdress on. If you survive all three acts of a Superman movie, maybe I will care what you think.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: the candor leans over. Now instead of listening to the tooth-bickering idiots, I can focus on this film.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And as if that atrocious accent of yours isn't enough, there's your goddamn farts. But at least you like me lobster bisque, marinated in lamp oil. I think your lobster tastes like Lautner's thong after spring break.
3: Why, you, by Deacon's blowhole, making you turn into Apollonie
2: and the Kraken yawn at thee. He goes in for the kiss, but Pattinson punches him, and they start giggling and fighting. <laughs> Later, snuggling in Defoe's beard, Pattinson's all, Hey, that movie you made with Madonna, Body of Evidence, the candle wax scene, I, uh, I rubbed one out to that, but I pretended that she was Teresa Russell and that you were a double winner. My grandma caught me. She gave away the ending and then made me watch Sliver with her instead. <laughs> That Madonna
3: film twere a strange shoot, laddie. No pun intended. Ah, do you think I'm pretty? By the way, we last lighthouse <laughs> killed a man. I think he tore a lumberjack. His plan were to build a cabin somewhere. Ah, classic Lutz. How he smiled whenever he emerged from water. Oh, how about you, Pattinson? What be your character's backstory in this film? Uh,
2: same. The next day, the boat that's supposed to pick up Pattinson <laughs> <the> doesn't. <laughs> We see a quick shot of the boat crashing into some rocks a thousand miles east while the captain's all... Wait, I'm about to die because Pattinson killed a what? (laughs) Meanwhile... Ah, did you drag that whole barrel all the way up the stairs
3: again, you (laughs) dipdobbles?
2: Aye, but this time I was smart. I drank most of the oil
3: inside first. Ah, Pattinson, you always know how to take a nothing date and suddenly make it all seem worthwhile.
2: Come here, you. He assaults Pattinson with an ax. I shall aim for your left arm
3: first. Ow me face oh.
2: <laughs> Pattinson tricks him by murdering him.
3: <laughs>
2: there, I'd like to see a dead man fart as often. Damn it, I guess I was wrong. Fuck him. Time to celebrate. How bright can this light up here possibly? <laughs> seagulls durs it back to health as we fade out to the odd couple theme. beside me tippy hedron and prometheus yawn the end (laughs) (laughs) kind of short but what are you gonna do it's the lighthouse
1: awesome kelly wand Uh the lighthouse all right uh the overwhelming sensation i had watching this movie was this is a movie for Kelly Wand. So, Kelly Wand, oh, yeah, you go right? first. What's your over and under? And very briefly, what did you think of The Lighthouse? Briefly, just two I lines. Uh,
2: well, I loved every frame, obviously. I thought it was a great follow-up
1: to The Witch. Also, lean thought, into your mic a little bit more. Like this? Yep, exactly like that. This is better? Uh, I forgot what I just said, though. Wait. So you thought it was a great follow-up to The Witch, and you loved every frame of it?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. So what's an
1: over and what's an under before we talk about specifics?
2: (laughs) All right. My over and under, before we talk about specifics, Tom, Yes. uh, my theme is black and white movies about people going nuts. Mm. So my over is Eraserhead, which I know you don't appreciate because I don't think you (laughs) watched it correctly. And my under is Kafka, the Soderbergh movie, which I probably didn't watch correctly. But The Lighthouse is an epic film, a delight, a classic. Classic beggars, and uh, yeah, it, I get to see it in Torrance with a bunch of young kids who seem baffled by it.
1: <laughs> dingus, the other overwhelming sensation I had watching this movie was: this is not a movie for dingus. So, in a couple of lines, what did you think? What's a movie that's better? A movie that's not quite as good?
0: Uh, well, I disagree with you. Uh, it uh-huh. actually reminds me of a certain playwright that I'll talk about later. Um, <gasps> I'm excited. My uh, under would be a movie called Shutter Island um, because I kind of went with movies where uh, folks are drifting into a horror into a horror scenario and they don't know what's real and what's not. Um, And over I would put Vinyan.
1: Okay, Uh, I uh, this movie the, other, the third overwhelming sensation I had watching this movie was this movie is not for me. Uh, I did not care for this. Uh, I didn't Stupid realize Tom. I didn't realize I was signing up for Zoo Story in a lighthouse instead of on a park bench. And that's pretty much all I felt like I got. Um, Zoo story. My over – the Edward <laughs> Albee play where just two people go crazy and they fuck each other up. Um, my over and under are movies about people who go crazy and fuck each other up in lighthouses – Both of which have come out in the last couple of years. Um, My Under is a movie that just came out with – basically, it it was this movie, The Lighthouse. This one's called The Vanishing, and I don't know how they got away with calling it that because that's already the name of a a couple of movies. That has a lighthouse in it? The Vanishing is is Peter Mullen and Gerard Butler playing oh. these two parts and it's it's way more pedestrian it becomes a typical it's so it's about these lighthouse keepers that just vanished supposedly you know based on a true story and it tells the story of what actually happened to them and it becomes a very pedestrian uh, a typical hey we found a bag of money what's going to happen kind of uh, heist movie plan. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Simple plan. So this was at least better than that because The Vanishing was just so pedestrian and so by the numbers uh, and so completely forgettable. I love Peter Mullen, but pairing him with Gerard Butler didn't work. They threw in a third younger character. Um, Yeah, so The Vanishing was terrible. This is at least better than that. However, a movie that is better than this, also about two people on a lighthouse going crazy, fucking each other up, uh, is a Xavier Gens movie called Cold Skin, which is Ray Stevenson, an actor I've never seen before, who I really like, named David Oakes, um, in a lighthouse. And this movie, Cold Skin, is not afraid to go over the top, uh, even if it gets a little bit silly, within the context of being a more conventional monster movie. So I understood more of what Cold Skin was getting at, even though it was a lot less ambitious than The Lighthouse. Um so there you go. Those are my over and under, and boy, this did not work for me, so you guys are going to have to explain what the deal was You're to me. penalizing ambition, just to be clear on the last thing you so. I, is- I don't – well, the problem isn't ambition. The problem is ambition that I don't feel – ambition that didn't work for me. Here's my problem. The witch I adored. The witch was was uh, sinister. It, it had a, a sultry quality to it. I thought mm-hmm. this was, uh, in contrast, I thought this was just bombastic and histrionic, and <laughs> I I was a little taken aback by that. So, uh,
2: you wanted the witch tone? Uh, I I
1: guess I kind and of volume. expect. I guess I kind of expected it because I don't have much of a frame of reference for what Eggers can do beyond. Uh, the witch
2: well he can do period pieces that are fucking awesome and with great dialogue that's what you're missing I think
1: from the lighthouse. I don't I don't disagree that that's there I agree yeah I love the period of it and I, I love some of the dialogue like I said it's like it's like zoo story but in a lighthouse and zoo Story's got some compelling stuff I just didn't I guess I didn't know that that's what I was getting and normally I love being surprised in this particular instance I was just a little disappointed
2: that sounds very arbitrary like you have to get a certain thing,
1: even if you know it's good or you admit it's good, but it's still not what you wanted exactly. Well, I don't, I don't feel that it's. I mean, it, whether it's good, that's awfully broad. But here's what I would say. Like I said, I thought, I saw I thought the witch had a very delicate, understated, insidious tone, and right. I thought this was just over the top, wacky, and crazy. And that's I true. don't really care that's for also- you know this was, this was the equivalent of they came together for somebody who likes. <laughs> horror movies Maybe. I, I guess yeah
2: that might
1: be the, this, the but let's get let's get dingus in here because i didn't right. i also thought it wouldn't work for him it would be a little too weird so dingus why did you like this uh explain to me uh how did this, how come this worked for you
0: well i don't know that i would it's hard to use the word like or okay. understand but uh but a lot of it appealed to me i i know that that's splitting hairs a little bit um real quick before i uh, get into a little bit more of what I think it's interesting to hear you talk about um, uh, zoo story a little bit and what you've expected of it and and you describe it as histrionic and something else use another word bombastic because one of our writer inners uh, Bruce Garrick said that um, he didn't realize uh, he was going to be sitting on in on a movie that was basically a comic book. Um, And he he, he says, no, I'm serious, not a comic, or he says, not a comic book or really a graphic novel movie, but a straight up, it was a comic book. And he breaks down sort of the, from the framing to some of the still shots and some of the way that the movie is put together and that, you know, from, from the the shot of of Willem Dafoe with the Zeus uh, light uh, light oh. eyes to Prometheus getting his intestines eaten instead of his liver, but at least he was on the correct side of the body. Um, <laughs> It I think uh, your your characterization of bombastic and histrionic also relates somewhat to the way certain comic books or graphic novels are written. Um, so it's interesting to hear you use those those words to modify it. Um, I was on board for the bombastic and histrionic nature of it, not knowing where a lot of the dialogue came from until the very end of the movie. Um, that it actually comes from some of uh, what's his name's journals. What the what, good lord? Melville. Wrote, what'd you say?
2: Melville.
0: Yeah, Melville's uh, j- uh, journals of working in a, in a lighthouse, and from a couple, of, and from a poet as well. I mean, uh, the the actual poem, "The Sailor's Hymn at Parting," is by uh, a woman named Lydia Sigourney. Um and that's the one that where he's where he's doing the toast and he's talking about um, where he does the, the first toast and he does it a couple of times. Um, and I really like that because for me, you say Edward Albee, Tom, for me, it it really brought to mind Sam Shepard. Yeah, sure. And and Sam Shepard's unapologetic and I lapse is the wrong word, but his tendency to just dive into poetry almost unapologetically and let his characters like in true west for instance or even the lie of the mind let his characters speak poetically without apologizing for it even though these characters as constructed are not people who would talk like that um uh, these characters i certainly believed would and i certainly believed willem defoe would Um, but i I kind of grooved on that, even though at first and I'm I think I'm alone in this, even though at first Willem Dafoe was a little distracting to me because he's always Willem Dafoe, no matter how many beards you put on him or what what accent he's speaking in. And I I still still hear him doing like something from the Green Goblin or something. And that's not to say he's not great (sighs) at the part. It's just that I always feel like I'm watching Willem Dafoe. Um, and I, again, I don't know that that's a knock. It's just something that happened to me. Uh, but I did get a real Sam Shepard vibe, and that really appealed to me.
1: The Sam Shepard stuff, Dingus, is, is, is spot on because similarly, I think Sam Shepard has really exaggerated surreal characterization uh, in a relatively pedestrian, mundane. Situation, uh, mm. and that's exactly what's going on here. Is it's a boring old lighthouse, and there's just this crazy, exaggerated, over-the-top character development that is surreal and absurd at, at various turns. Um, and 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 by the way, I'm similarly uh, nonplussed by Sam Shepard plays, so that's a great comparison, Dingus. Uh,
0: I heard an intake of breath, Kelly.
1: <laughs> well, I
2: feel. Anti non plus by Melville. So I mean, I'm an easy sell on sailor shit. And I just started reading Billy Budd a couple weeks ago. So I had this kind of dialogue in my brain when I went into the movie. But ah. um, I but there's it's more meta than that, because, I mean, Pattinson even goes like you talk like a parody of a sailor. It's like these two actors are yelling at each other like in uh, Bug sometimes. But I like that, too. Like, I like everything about it. It's just...
1: Bug is another good comparison, Kelly. One of Tracy Letts. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. yeah, just two people going crazy in a mundane setting, sure.
2: It's just, the, it's the conglomeration of things that I like. It has, it has all those things. It's also in black and white, you know, in like an old-timey aspect ratio. With just Whew, a really man, I don't weird know what to make soundtrack. of that. I am
1: so... No, that, just that movie. aspect ratio is so weird. I mentioned this bef- before. Uh, another movie that I've seen recently that you guys should check out called The Nightingale, uh, which is the, the director of uh, Babadook, the next movie, it was in a similar 4-3 like, aspect ratio. And that's just really weird for me to watch. When Kelly Riker <laughs> did um, Meek's Cutoff in that aspect ratio, mm. she mentioned it's what the world looks like through a bonnet or through the back of a Conestoga wagon. So that was great. I'm yeah. not sure I understand why Nightingale and this are shot in that weird constricted 4-3 aspect ratio. Because Again, it's
2: claustrophobic and because it's it's supposed to represent that era too. I think it's two things.
1: Okay, fair yeah. enough. You've Okay, you know what? Good. I, I like that then, Kelly Wong. A
2: lighthouse is supposed to be – I mean you're supposed to feel like he's just hemmed in and he's in a box. And
1: like, it's supposed to annoy you and it did. <laughs> 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 well, I, I, we had to be had
2: different reactions to being annoyed. I, I,
1: I loved the just Egger's eye is and just. I, I loved the look of it, just the cinematography and the way he would frame shots and the way he would block stuff like uh, Robert Pattinson with a wheelbarrow. I mean, all yeah. that was brilliant. The guy's a fantastic filmmaker. I just didn't get what, what was going on this time, but I. You didn't get what was going on. I didn't get it, but I, had, I admired it. Uh, I wished I'd liked it like you guys. Uh yeah. I don't understand why you didn't. It's really – it seems really lovable to me. Well, do you you not understand how completely different it is from The Appeal? As a horror movie fan, The Appeal of The Witch, like The Witch was amazing for me to see that kind of historical horror and to see it play with the horror genre. it, It just felt so intimately a part of what I love about horror movies, and I don't think this is that at all.
2: I think you get hung up on labels because you didn't want to see First Man, which is a Biopic from Damien Chazelle, a director you normally like.
1: I don't and know so, about hung up on labels, but certainly genres. I have different expectations for different genres. See, and we, that's we talked, your mistake. <laughs> well, we talked about First Man, and one of the reasons that I liked First Man was my problem with biopics is right. that it, it tends to whitewash a living person, like the, a person's right, right, uh, right. legacy. And and I felt that as a biopic, First Man didn't did that, didn't do that. Right. Um, right. My problem with awesome horror directors is when they don't make horror movies. <laughs> and that that's clearly what happened here, right? I mean, I liked Midsummer more than you, too. Like, if I like the movie— You don't know how then. much I like Midsummer. We haven't even talked that's about that.
2: That's true. Yeah, but I, you just added like— mm. You did say you see it on a big screen.
1: Like, I have yeah. said nothing to you about my feelings about Midsummer. We will have that discussion <laughs> later. Um, but I, I think it is a, a very intriguing parallel to this situation— um, yeah. for for very different reasons that uh, I, uh-huh. I <laughs> got. Gotcha. Well, it, well, Trapped suffice yet. to say, I was fascinated by uh, Midsummer. I Midsummer, I was riveted the whole time. Again, yeah. this movie, I was just kind of confused. Really, uh, I was yeah.
2: riveted and fascinated.
1: Here, here's the thing: is I don't I don't feel that there's any. Con- would you Would you agree, Dingus? And I'm asking you this too: Would you guys agree? that there is a lack of consistent characterization intentionally so with these two characters yes and i I have an issue with that like i don't know who the characters are what they're going to do next i can't identify with them i can't sympathize with them i don't understand them Uh, i just kind of feel alienated from whatever's going on with these two crazy people i can admire the actors which i do willem dafoe it's just what to say Willem Dafoe is more fascinating than usual is quite the statement. And he, right, he yeah. was. Um, but I just I, I didn't get it. Uh, I didn't understand who, who these characters it. were.
2: I thought you'd really because I, I know you're a Pattinson. You, you you discovered the rover or maybe Dingus did, too. But like you guys made me see the rover and I was like, oh, yeah, Robert Pattinson's a good actor. And then I saw Good Time, which I think only me and Dingus have seen.
1: No. I'm really what are you talking doing? about? I'm the one that got you to see Good Time. Yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry. I'm the Safdie sorry. Brothers apologist on this podcast. What's the matter with you? Okay, all right. <laughs> well,
2: Taylor Lautner, never mind. Taylor Blunt, never
1: mind. But um, there are. And I did, I did like Pattinson in this as well. By the way, I really, the, I'm, I'm on the verge, and, and I'm not lying, because you guys know I'm capable of this. I'm on the verge of watching a Twilight movie. No. I just, I want to no, see stuff he's done. No. no? Okay. Mm.
2: That's like watching Fifty Shades and going, hey, I really like Dakota Johnson. I really want to study her. her
1: but I don't feel that way about anything I've seen her in. Pattinson, I'm consistently impressed with, and I feel like, you know, I I should I should go back and give Cosmopolis another chance. That David Cronenberg movie I hated, and I should see a Twilight movie. I just I just feel like I need to do that. I would
2: do the first
1: one first, and then see how you feel. All right, but but but, but that's the thing is after this movie, I I I loved both of the actors in this, so that wasn't right. the issue for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to make you like this movie. Well, here, here's another – here's something that I was thinking too when I was, when I was thinking about how to You're explain I You're of liking I, this, this may very well be, mo- Kelly Wand, a movie that I rewatch in 10 years and think, what was the matter with me? This is brilliant because I feel that way about like The Shining. I remember seeing yeah, yeah, The Shining and going, Ugh, pff, this is dumb. And Lord of the Rings. Lord of the oh, Rings yeah, too. That's that, another good that example. Exactly. Yeah. And then I go back and maybe I'm in a different place in my life or I appreciate different things about different kinds of movies. And I think The Shining is brilliant now. So maybe in 10 years, I'll feel that way about The Lighthouse.
2: Maybe you went into – because I saw Birdman with a massive fucking splitting headache just for some reason. (laughs) And I was like, ah, one shot. And then the next day I was thinking about it. I go, no, wait. It was good. Like I replayed the movie in my mind. Right. No, it's I,
1: great. I've done that it's before. I I know I know what you think. I I know what you're what you're describing, but I, it didn't quite That's happen not what here. Happened to you. I yeah, I wondered but... if that would happen here. I saw this like when it first opened, so I saw this three weeks ago. And in the interim I've certainly thought about it, but in the interim those thoughts have never been, hey, you know, I really liked that. <laughs> but but enough did about why... Go yeah. ahead. Enough about why I didn't like it. So did my audience what? What were you gonna ask?
2: Alright, I'm gonna tell you two things my audience said, um and then I think it'll make you like The Lighthouse. Okay, good. It was like when I was, when I was buying tickets, it was like a, a young black couple, and then they were buying tickets at the terminal next to me, and I heard the girl go,
3: that's where our seats are? Damn. And
2: I was like, oh, they're going to see The Lighthouse? Yeah. And then when I came out of it, the girl they were arguing, and he, she's going, yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. And then he goes, she goes, then why do you even want to go to the movies? And he goes, because movies are an hour. And she goes, what? Only from the 1920s. And he goes, those
1: are the movies I like. And
2: I'm like, wait, he didn't like The Lighthouse, even though it was kind of 1920s. I, don't know. Anyway.
1: I want these two on the podcast. I want to hear more from them. That's awesome. I know. I, I kind of, I kind of
2: wanted to follow them because I'm like, wait, now they're two for two. Everything they're saying is better than stuff I'm writing. So now I kind
1: of. Well, to I saw them. it in a very crowded theater, and definitely afterwards, people were were talking, and I wanted to right, sort of listen right. on people's conversations. And this yeah. is a movie that lends itself to that. Sure,
2: it totally does, and that's why it. It, like I love movies, A, that aren't like anything I've ever seen,
1: and I like this movie for other
2: reasons too, but this definitely meets that, Bill, and also movies where it's like it would be lamer in any other visual medium or any medium. Like it would be lamer. Oh, this
1: could film. be a great stage play. I kind of disagree. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, it could be a great stage you play. Just the, the immediacy. Race, yeah. Kelly won the immediacy of – Black uh, and what? White, you lose it. Uh, that, that's a fair point, but I think a lot of what drives this movie is, is the performances in the script and having the immediacy yeah. of two actors and being in the same room with them. That's what theater is all about, and I think this would have huge appeal as as a as a stage play.
2: Maybe, but you uh, wouldn't get those same. You wouldn't get the people I just talked about. You wouldn't get the moviegoers who don't have no idea. Oh, what no, sure. We don't even know what the witch is, and they just sit down like, all right, you know, this Terminator fuck. Know, no, really, absolutely. That's no, that's right a fair point. point. That's a fair point. Yeah, yeah but. Like, so, I just love that these movies like this are foisted on um, the American public still. Like, I'm so It makes me love America for half a second, and then I go, oh yeah, everything else.
1: Well, I, I do think, Kelly Wan, that it does speak volumes, that a, A24, and this is a distributor that, that speaks to guys like us, we love right. our arty movies, that mm-hmm. they only opened this in half as many theaters as The Witch. I mean, I think mm-hmm. they're onto something, in that they know this has a very specialized appeal, and it's not the same as The Witch. That's fine, but I okay.
2: still appreciate that they. The same way I appreciated Joker for giving more of a shit about me than my mom.
1: <laughs> I appreciated The Lighthouse for giving more of a shit about me than my mom. Right. Well, I and, love and,
2: movies that care more about me than my mom. There's not that many. I to many be fair, I, I, a
1: year. I I'm glad this got a theatrical release because they've done some maids. A24 has done some great movies lately that they're not releasing theatrically, and I, I'm I'm disappointed when that happens. But uh, you know when. When something I like love... this makes it to the theater, I'm like, "Yeah, good for you guys having exactly. confidence in in a really weird, risky proposition."
2: You have got to support it, Tom. You can't just. Go I hey, did. It, I, I went. I saw it. it. I saw well, it in the theater. Yeah. You didn't like it enough. You got to talk about how great it is.
1: I paid for my ticket. Really? <laughs> well, you know what? I did a double feature, and I'm wondering now: Did I? Pay... What did I see with this? And be- which movie came first? Oh, you know what? I didn't get to see this in a double feature because it was playing at one of the theaters here where the screens are – some of them are in an upstairs separate area and some of them are in a downstairs separate area. So it's an, the arc light in, in Hollywood where you can never be sure that you can make a double feature because you might have to walk outside of the secure area when you would want to oh, sneak right into yeah. the other movie. So this was the only movie I saw, and it was like the, the night it opened, a super late showing. Uh, I rushed out to see it. I was super eager to see it. Um, but it was the and only thing I left. saw, so See no maybe, other no other movie interfered with it. Yeah.
0: Did uh, anyone in your audience laugh at any point? Either one of you?
2: Yeah, they liked the farts, and they liked the fighting over the lobster bisque. But they mostly seemed creeped out. They were like afraid to laugh and like not certain if they were supposed to laugh. That, and that I was, was I was laughing
1: like a banshee
2: for the whole movie, <laughs> no matter what happened. So I might have ruined the movie for everyone.
1: Uh, dingus my my audience and it was it was pretty full they laughed at the yeah the 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 soup punchline which felt really weird and punchliney to me but that got a few people laughing but otherwise uh it was like kelly wan said i got the sense they were weirded out what what about your audience dingus
0: uh, mine was dead silent except for me and i i laughed a few times because there i think there's some funny stuff in this movie oh yeah yeah. yeah like the you know even the seagull like pecking at the glass i thought that was funny i mean yeah. that's i think that's a funny little uh, Poe joke i mean and i think there's a few moments like that and i agree with you about the the lobster punchline as far as like okay i do like your cooking fine you're right uh, i mean it does feel like a punchline uh but there are a couple of moments that i just laughed out of out of appreciation yeah. like when he uh I was going to say burns the lens, but that recalls the ending. But when he when he looks directly at the camera and says, you know, where else is uh, is Ephraim uh, uh, going to find uh, respectable work? And he looks directly at the camera, <laughs> and it, it is sort of an actor's question: Where else am I going to find respectable work? You're and I think lighthouse. that that thing that he screams about, you're you you, you sound like a parody. Yeah. um, I, I think that speaks directly to some of the things that you were objecting to, even Tom. Um, that he that some of this is a parody, but I, but I also agree with you, and in, I'm interested in what you had to say about, um, about Eggers making a horror movie, but not realizing, not actually making the horror movie, um, because this this unlike The Witch, this feels like like this feels more rough hewn. This feels unfinished. Um, it, it it feels like the difference between you know it's it's startling to turn on The Witch after watching this and see how smooth and beautiful it is, how clean it is, uh, even though it's 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 eerie and creepy. Um, it does it, you know it doesn't have that sense of of uh, if you'll excuse me for cursing of shit being thrown at it constantly no matter how gross Bethotic. things get the, this this movie when they when their cabin or when their house is just swamped literally yeah. and they're like this you know it's our like bunk, our bunk is a mess um, well, the movie kind of is a mess, and I agree with you, but I'm interested that you say it's not really a horror movie, even though everybody describes it as such.
1: Dingus, what's the Sam Shepard play with the typewriters, where in the second act they have to demolish typewriters on stage in the I
0: think, I think that's true, West, but I could be wrong. No, I'm
1: pretty sure eh, – you might be right. But it, it does remind me of that, it, how it, it just kind of smashes itself. <laughs> like that's uh, where – that's where it – kind of goes but no i don't think this is a horror movie at all like would you guys i mean it, it's it sort, certainly has uh it faints fei and ts towards horror uh with a couple of robert pattinson's uh, visions but and again this is kelly wand you can ding me for caring too much about uh genres or labels but for me horror is something that chiefly appeals to a sense of dread or anxiety and this mm. i didn't i don't know what this was appealing to uh I, like I don't, I don't have any frame of reference for what it's like to be trapped on a, a rock in the middle of the Atlantic with no ship coming. Like I don't. Tom, uh, it's just like this movie. I guess me. so. This movie did teach me that. But I don't. I was
2: a merchant marine for a year.
1: Right? <laughs> uh, I just, Talk I didn't really see this as a horror movie. Uh, for Again, me I mean, personally. Well, Go for ahead. me,
0: this the sense of dread comes from something that you objected to earlier, uh, but which I didn't address necessarily this idea of the characters being inconsistent because um, I more equate that with a, an unreliable narrator than I do with character inconsistency because of who Robert Pattinson is playing and who he's, who he's sort of trying to construct. He's trying to construct a personality and and an identity. Um, And so necessarily, I think he is going to be uh, an inconsistent character because he's, He's sort of putting together a character.
2: Sure, sure. Well, and Defoe's manipulating him. I would argue, but I would also say that uh, I'm kind of a sucker. I love movies about just two people who can't stand each other, like played on. Like to me, <laughs> that's enough of a premise for any movie. Like I'll instantly, and like the more they dislike each other, the more complex their relationship gets, the more interested I become usually, if they're the same gender, it's kind of better, otherwise they just eventually have sex. but I like that too. I liked the how there was like a just like they start to get homoerotic and that it's kind yeah. of not really that's great. you never see that in a movie
1: that's true that's very true yeah that that's really interesting
0: actually because it it, yeah. uh one of the people who wrote in Brian Becker says that um two thousand and nineteen has been a great year for movies about masculine relationships, yeah. Um, he would point out that the last black man in San Francisco in particular, which I haven't seen, but he doesn't think the lighthouse adds to it. And he goes on to say that, uh, he doesn't care if Pattinson was crazy or driven crazy by a lighthouse or was it at a magic lighthouse, um, so he doesn't see this in the, in that sort of same way I think that you that you just described, because like, he for for Brian Becker the movie had little to say about a young man dealing with an older man in position of authority.
1: I think it's horror. <laughs> Kelly, Wand, I bet you would also though call Eraserhead horror. Yeah. Okay. I and again, there's definitely. And... For, I, once you get Dread, to yes. a, once you get to a certain amount of the surreal, uh, I think you have to let loose of the claim to horror. At least for me, you, you do.
0: Ah, uh, that's interesting. Uh,
1: so that, that's my feeling about this and Eraserhead. And I have a similar problem with Eraserhead too, by the way, as you well know.
2: Um, yeah, but you can't be trusted on Lynch. Right.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Or or. Uh, or Cronenberg. Or Cronenberg. Fair enough. Okay. Well, <laughs>
0: oh, it's oh. surreal, man. Oh. <laughs> For, for me, my complaint in that regard is generally that I feel like Lynch is being weird for weirdness sake without oh, – sure. without without a reason that supports story or character. But I don't know. I don't think that's what you mean by a movie getting too surreal, is it?
1: Uh, no. Like I don't feel that he – I wouldn't characterize what Eggers did here as weird for weird sake. But I would say it's crazy character development for crazy character development's sake. Uh just the the
3: uh, i maybe. mean
1: that and and that's that doesn't have to be a criticism by the way that's a lot of what this movie is about is two guys going crazy it's not dull and it's not
0: I will, I will give it that oh, yeah, it's not dull
1: definitely not dull thing is there were like i kind of also deliberate. felt that and i doubt you feel this way because it worked for you but what once they start drinking the lamp oil oh my god it's so good i love well it. I thought it funny. kind of started to veer into what Dingus has characterized as junkies or tedious junkies territory. Are tedious. No, yeah.
2: look, how, look how crazy, like, I think it's an exception to the rule because okay. the way they become insane is very different from your Requiem for a Dream insanity, where it's just like a, just like a misery porn wallowing. I don't think that's what's happening here. I think it's more complicated and ambiguous.
1: Well, it, it it alienated me in a similar way. And that okay, these guys are just they're they're drunks. I have no sympathy for their plight. Just stop drinking lamp oil, idiots. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you think that's the source of all their woes?
1: Well, no, I think that's just the whole. That's just the whole junkies are tedious uh, thing that happens for for me. And Dude, I'm, I'm assuming I lo- dingus. I
2: love the idea that they're getting drunk on lamp oil. Like that's how lustful I... they are for alcohol that they'll drink the lighthouse oil that's so no matter what it tastes like like just and then carry the and still do the same choice like do the wheelbarrow i don't know well diggis you
1: invented the phrase what 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 is your feeling on this
0: i i started to get a little worn out by that too mainly because (laughs) uh, at the beginning when he refuses the drink he, he has this interesting line um
2: makes you stupid or something
0: you know he talks about being tainted and that's he good. won't. He won't take drink. I. I'm almost certain that's what Patience's character says. Communion. Um, names. Hello. That he, that he's that he's tainted. That there's that there's something inherently wrong with him, and he will not drink because of that. Because there's something inherently wrong with him. Um, and I just couldn't believe the oil thing. I thought that they were drinking kerosene mixed with honey or whatever they were doing. Um, the oil thing doesn't make any sense to me, but it does. <laughs> but it does make sense from. You know, to oppose what Bruce was talking about as far as the Prometheus thing is concerned, the total destruction of the liver and the fact that even the seagulls are like, right, yeah, right. none of that for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah,
1: that's good. Good work. Uh, I, I want a quick shout out to another A24 movie that uh, is of middling quality uh, and it stars Tilda Swinton's daughter. Uh, it's a movie called The Souvenir. And the thing that I like about The Souvenir, it, it is a junkies are fascinating movie which <laughs> huh. is a genre i have never seen before and it's mainly it's it's due to a, a, a fascinating actor named tom burke who is in this movie called the souvenir middling movie but that guy i just couldn't take my eyes off of him and he he plays a junkie and it was just amazing so there's a junkies are fascinating train spotting guys and yeah, digby getting all no i mean the, when the psycho it, uh, I mean, I like train spotting fine, but do. again, junkies, sober, just like junkies are know. tedious. Like any any junkie movie that's good is generally in spite of the junkie, not because uh, you of don't the do junkie. Enough drugs, so I, fair enough. Looking at it through a prism <laughs> of wholesomeness. Fair enough. Well, okay. I,
0: I I I think that this was a, a again to belabor the term. I think it was a parody of that kind of thing because they didn't really examine what the physical what that drinking would do to them. I mean, they have three drinks together and all of a sudden when he, when he finally breaks through the wall of drinking, he's just gone. Uh, and he even says that he's like, stand up, but no, I'm, I'm gone. Um, and he will not stop. And that's all the provisions they have. And, uh, and they, they slosh the stuff around like it's water. They treat it like it's water. Um, and then Willem Dafoe's character talks about it as the most important thing to have this side of water is that because, and then eventually Pattinson finally makes them laugh by saying it keeps them stupid. Yeah. Um, which I, which I thought was a, was an interesting, which I, I liked that early stuff at the table where they're talking um, and they're trying to sort of feel out their weird relationship Uh. Uh-huh
2: they never I, see a ship and you never see defo like the actual lighthouse operation it's always patents and doing the drudgery for the whole movie i love that it's so challenging to uh as a narrative for me but it's good
0: well that's no, why i right? that's why i saw the framing I, I mean i saw the framing just because of the shape of the lighthouse i mean for me it just seemed like a practical aspect because a lighthouse is that shape rather than a wide open expanse. I mean, this movie is not about the ocean. It's, it's about, it's about the power of the lighthouse and bringing, because I think maybe it's Bruce who says something about, I don't understand why they even bother with Prometheus. Well, he's, he's bringing fire. He's, it's burning. It's burning out his soul. Um, that whole weird lit eyes thing. And those weird images that, that Eggers doesn't shy away from uh, I find fascinating even though just saying a director won't shy away from something is not an excuse for something that's narratively inconsistent
2: Tom I think it's horror because horror has this quality of uh, doomed fate the characters can't escape it like no matter what you think they're going to get away and they're not going to get away Well, by that like,
1: definition all tragedy is horror Uh, See, I I believe in labels, Kelly, they get us places. You're just going to – you want to live in a label-free society where nothing means anything.
2: But supernatural
1: (laughs) as opposed to just bad luck. Uh, Chris Webb wanted us to address uh, how does Steven Seagull in The Shallows compare to the Seagull in uh, The Lighthouse? Thoughts? Better survival, right? That's true. One of them is definitely hardier. The thing is, do you ever see The Shallows, the movie about how hot Blake Lively is?
0: That's the one where she's on a rock and makes friends with the seagull.
1: Yep. It's kind of similar to The Lighthouse.
0: I, I didn't. Know. That's I true. Didn't
1: know. <laughs> Kelly, that's a great double feature. The yeah. Shallows and The Lighthouse. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that idea. It should idea.
2: have been a, uh, an, a figurine of her that he finds in The Right, like Lively's character from the Shallows.
1: I will say it. this about Stephen Siegel And the, the seagull in The Lighthouse Neither of them can hold a candle Even to that rabbit in The Witch Much less Black Phillip Like if you want to talk sure. about like Animals in movies That rabbit, how do you make a rabbit look creepy? Yeah.
0: It's so funny When she sees the rabbit for the first time And it just sort of twitches its nose <laughs> Cause- I forgot that. How cute that little rabbit it's is! Not in cute, that little it's not cute.
1: It's horrifying, dingus! It's a horrifying rabbit. It's a sign of the devil.
0: Now,
2: I'm the...
1: scared of all the wrong things. <laughs> <laughs> if that rabbit had opened its mouth real wide, oh my god, I would have just lost it. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're
0: terrified oh, man, of. You're terrified of the Holy Grail rabbit, aren't you?
1: Oh, uh, don't bring up money, Oh. <laughs> This movie, yeah, better than any Money Python. Tom. Lighthouse, my under, all Money Python movies. There you go. <laughs> that's your under for everything. Dude, even
0: Meaning of Life? Uh, so, by the way, um, in reference to you wanting to see the Twilight movies, uh, Sam... <laughs> Sam he said Sam, one, and I don't Sam, it. Sam Vidovich says that Pattinson has done a marvelous job shedding the Twilight baggage. Yeah. And he's fully come into his own as a performer. This... He calls this performance the victory lap of that she's fact. He's
2: the only success story of the Twilight Saga.
1: Our Brando hasn't had that success. Anna Kendrick is in a Twilight movie. Kelly wand? She is? I think so, isn't she? Kelly, I don't make don't make me come over there. Is that a Kendrick line from New Moon? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. A
2: Kristen, there's no way she's in a Twilight
0: movie. It's a Kristen Stewart line. I'm gonna I'm going to kill you.
2: Did you see on SNL? <laughs>
0: I did not see her on SNL. I was not feeling well that night. I wasn't
2: either. Didn't that wouldn't have helped? But the uh, White I House do. This is about physical illness, Dingus, so we should have watched it again.
1: Sam okay. Vidovic, uh, I think, has a great point. But what it's really going to take, though, is, I, you know, when he does a, a lucrative movie and proves himself, <laughs> which maybe we'll get in a in a bat in a, in a Robert Pattinson Batman, even though it's that horrible uh, uh, Matt Reeves directing it. Uh, but I uh, for- really. Yeah, yeah, he's doing the Robert Pattinson ba- Batman. Yeah, If you liked Let Me In, the remake of Let the Right One In, well, let's give that guy a crack at a Batman movie with Robert Pattinson.
2: Well, I um, wouldn't have cared about a Tom Phillips Joker movie, I would have thought. But.
1: Can I tell you guys something that breaks my heart? Mm-hmm. I'm ready, Tom. When we did podcasts for John Wick, and I forgot what else. I think it was maybe one of the Triple X movies. I made the prediction at a certain point Ruby Rose within 5 years is going to have an action vehicle. Like there's going to be of an equivalent of a Triple X starring Vin Diesel. She's going to have that kind of thing. And it actually happened quicker than I thought when she got cast as as Batwoman. Uh-huh. I've watched Batwoman and Ruby Rose is is terrible. It is so sad. Oh, is no. it on the show? Oh, it's a terrible show, but even there are good actors on it. And she, I mean, I love her and she's so striking and I love looking at her and just the, her physique. I mean, but she's so awkward trying to act and I just feel awful for her. And I feel bad that I made this prediction and she wasn't ready for it. I feel like I, I rushed her into an action movie starring vehicle on TV and she's so terrible on that. I just feel she's awful. She's no Melissa Benoist for you? No, Melissa Benoist is great. Let me tell you guys this though. Daphne oh. Keane the chick from Logan, the little girl in Logan, uh, from the very first shot of her in this HBO series, uh, His Dark Materials, yeah, she's got it going on. That Daphne Keene, boom. Mm-hmm. She just like the, – seriously, the very first shot of her, you're like, whoa. Daphne Keene, the real deal. Ruby Rose that, yeah. Ruby Rose is kind of doing a Gina Carano sort of thing. But Daphne Keene, man, I can't wait to watch her in more stuff. She's amazing.
2: This is another you expecting too much from the wrong things thing, like The Lighthouse.
1: We loved Ruby Rose. What are you talking about? Yeah, but we loved her in fucking Triple X and a bunch of horse shit. Yeah, well, well, the Batwoman movie <laughs> is, is horse shit, too. But she, right. And she's terrible in it. <laughs> Kelly Owen, watch, ba- watch Batwoman and get back to I, me.
2: Yeah. These are fighting words. I don't know if I can...
1: Let's see, you terrible
2: in know... Batwoman. I don't know what that phrase means. I,
0: I kept getting confused by willem defoe's accent because i didn't see i didn't know the character's name was tom wake and it sounds like he's saying his name is tom wick uh, which I can and say. wiki
1: he says wiki a lot too well, well that's the wi- name of a lighthouse keeper i think yeah. right yeah. yeah which i love that i love too that it doesn't explain that because you got to figure no. that out as the audience yeah right, right. and
0: then
2: wiki so,
1: so go ahead dingus you were thinking his name was tom wick or
0: yeah because he says thomas wick but you can call me tom and i kept thinking tom wick john wick and i kept making like <laughs> john wick references in my head because he's in john wick and uh, so i just kept thinking about that because i'm constantly in tune with what people's names are in movies and robert pattinson's many names in this um but but then to find out, watching the credits, that his name is actually Wake. And if you really listen, he says Wake, but it sounds
1: like Wick the way he says it. Uh, which he says doesn't... it
2: that way for a reason, because he's trying
1: to fuck with Tom's head. With my head or with uh, Robert Pattinson Tom's head?
0: Both. But, You're the okay. Pattinson <laughs> uh, By the way, Bruce uh, takes umbrage with um, the, uh, the jump scare of Willem Dafoe coming back from the grave to... Try to kill Robert Pattinson. Did you guys?
1: At that point, I'd kind of. Well, it didn't. It didn't bother me any more than anything else in the movie. Kelly, Wan, did it bother you? A jump scare, a, a Willem Defoe jump scare.
2: I would have been bummed if it wasn't in it.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I,
1: didn't, I didn't buy.
0: I, first of all, I saw it coming a mile away, because um, c- that that whole like I'm going to drop the gun next to the body, or I'm not going to fully cover over the grave. That's just asking for that to happen.
2: See, Tom, uh, jump scares horror. See? But
0: but when he, <laughs> but when he stumbles back in, he's not really covered in dirt. So it seems more like
2: Maybe part it's a hallucination,
0: of, part of the illusory nature of what's going on. And it doesn't really work for me because because it's not a surprise to me at all. I, I, I disagree with Bruce. It's not a jump scare because I knew it was coming. <laughs> because they left him uncovered what, what what i really liked about the scene before that was that the movie fooled me when pattinson jumps in the hole with him because i thought he was trying to cradle him and check to see if he was still right. alive right uh when really he's just reaching for the keys because i i, I mean yeah. i don't the movie That's is good. intending to fool me necessarily, but it does call to mind that earlier part where he snuggled in his beard, as Kelly put it, during the uh, office. Um, but, but during that part, he's really just searching for the keys, right? Uh, so he can go up into this, and that that Thank glass was me. the glass was awesome up there, yeah. in the where the lantern is. Uh, it looks like you can just cut your fingers off just by being near it. Uh, and and it actually reminded me maybe this is just because we've seen uh first man and i saw apollo 11 it reminded me of a, of the lunar lander or that type of shape it, when the when the door swings open it reminded me of the astronauts getting inside of there
1: <laughs> i could see that a little yeah a little
2: interesting thinking of other things that he's seen that look like the thingies swings yeah
1: i like that I like that about you. So Dingus, we made Bruce Garrick, Brian Becker, and Sam Vidovich see this. Did anyone else write in?
0: Uh no, those are the only people who wrote in. Uh Bruce likens it to the usual suspects as well because he sees it as a puzzle.
2: Um, um, with a solution?
0: I don't know. Uh Bruce writes a lot. I think he. I think I shamed him when he just sent in links to a couple of articles. Uh, but he really does this interesting breakdown of, of how this is a comic book not a comic book movie.
2: That's how he does brain surgery too, by the way. He just links the patient to other uh, doctors. <laughs> he charges them. Okay, what? Sorry. What were the other? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, he worked on my brain. Let's start there.
0: I really thought that there would be more um, farts in your Opsis, by the way, Kelly, because this movie is so rich or redolent with that.
2: Um, you know, you saw him. I...
0: You saw him?
2: <laughs> you mean make the noises? I mean, they are in the Opsis.
0: But... No, but every one of your Opsis, whether the Has character fights. does it or not, you... You include that in it. And... Well, I'm
2: perverse. If the movie has farts, I don't need to put them in because you were there. But I right. still feel farts in movies are qualify as a good three by three topic, though, because they're not in that many movies. So when they're they are in one, they're an important character beat, like in this movie. But you guys are like, oh farts, oh stupid Kelly, typical classic Kelly, ah, thinking about farts all the time instead of how much the lunar lander resembles a lighthouse. <laughs>
0: important things <laughs> like that uh so in answer to your query it was just brian becker bruce garrick and sam Vidovich who wrote in
2: you're welcome three people
3: <laughs>
1: well it also cinema. yeah like it, it it opened in eight theaters that's when it made its half million dollars and then oh. it went to 500 and i think its widest opening was a uh, 900 screens so it it made it out there but
2: Still. I should point out I just moved mm-hmm. back to L.A., and whenever I – the first movie I always see when I move somewhere is exciting to me. Like, oh, right. That, that might have been this is why – that's why I like this is the No, no, you like this
1: because this is a Kelly Wand movie. That's why you liked it. <laughs> All right. But it was my first
2: like, yeah, I can go to L.A. and see shit like The Lighthouse.
1: Right. Woo-hoo. This this is – this kind hey. of in, in ways reminded me, Kelly Wand, of Swiss Army Man. Oh. Um, <laughs> see, that just, was horror. Just how. Re- so oh, it's cool. okay. Fair enough. <laughs> this is more All right. a rom com
2: between two men. like Marley and me anymore. Very good. Tom, well, I think you don't like it because you see too much of yourself in these flawed characters <laughs> and it makes you nervous. And then it affects your reviews of Borderlands 3.
1: Yeah, right. It's a, it hits a little too close to home for me, ah. right? The time I spent in a lumberjack in love with a blonde haired fella who got trapped under logs. Yeah, that brings yeah. me back.
2: You're the Defoe, and we're the Pattinsons.
1: I would be so honored to be the Defoe. You know, Diggas, I I just want – when you say you can't see Defoe, Defoe to me just does so much crazy, weird, different kinds of things that I – I did, and, and then when he does something grounded like Florida Project, that guy just can do no wrong. He's amazing uh, to me. Um, so, yeah, I'm aware it's him, but I just love how he brings unique qualities to different performances. So I loved him in this. I would love to see him get more attention for it. Give the guy another Academy Award nomination. Uh, he was just just so he was captivating in this just like this I was said. as
2: audacious a performance as you'll ever see
0: well he does yeah. he does call to mind any actor who will who basically will say I- I'm totally free, I'll do anything you want yeah. like like somebody who was trained at Steppenwolf. I mean I'll just you want me to be naked and right. know, cut, myself right. cut myself for real yeah. I'll cut myself for real I don't care
2: yeah remember so. in Spider man when uh he's, he gets in the green goblin thing <laughs> he's all ah. Before they turn on the machine he's
1: all it's cold Kelly one, I, I could really have answered like that. that after the first three words when you said remembering Spider-Man <laughs> I knew the answer would be no <laughs> really not even the Garfield ones you don't remember those no no I I, I love the Tom Holland one but any any pre Tom Holland Spider-Man was just in one ear out the other I couldn't tell you the first. I may have never how seen dare a Garfield you, sp- how dare you <laughs> I may have never seen a Garfield Spider-Man is no, it true no we saw one
2: together
1: fool oh okay well that, that, that tells you how much of an impression that made on me it was uh-huh. my top
2: ten. It was my tenth favorite movie that
1: year. Yep, that's right. That's well, how dumb you are, Lighthouse. Hader. Speaking of how dumb I am, <laughs> maybe next week we'll see something that's more my speed. I doubt what, it. What are we going to see next week, Kelly Wand?
3: The Terminator Dark Vietnam. <laughs> you better like it, too. None of this
1: Lighthouse bullshit. What if the listeners I see. i you to have your wise hat on and watch it correctly this time. Do lots of drugs. What if listeners see this movie, Kelly Wand, How should they tell us it's what they think a cider. of it?
2: Oh, so listeners see Arnold Nathan. Kelly Wan, lean into the mic
1: real close so they can hear oh. you. <laughs> Why am I. All right. If you want to see Terminator Dark. That's 3, it, Kelly Wand, That's right there. That's where you need to be. It's the yeah. sweet spot. This is the
2: Goldilocks.
0: Yeah, th- this is a mermaid moment right now.
2: I can feel my. See, this isn't tedious. <laughs> and I'm a junkie see there's dingus's farts that he wanted um what's the question oh if you see terminator Dark 8, <laughs> a you're in a very small minority according to the <laughs> if b if you have thoughts on what you've seen as tom likes to call them <laughs> Write them in to 3x3 at quarter to com and Dingus will try to remember to work them into our discussion on how great it was. And by the way, these two were both Genesis apologists,
1: so I'm really excited about yeah. the dark fate. I might, have to re-watch, I might have to re-watch Genesis before seeing the next one. Yeah. yeah. Go, uh, oh, get it's us, a great comedy. Yeah, get really us those good. comments by uh, <laughs> November 10th, midnight Pacific, and we'll include those on the air. Dingus, what – oh, no. Kelly, which of you has a 3x3? Three it's mine. Dingus, yeah. What is – we need some elaboration. So can we pick horror movies for this month's 3x3?
0: Everybody can except you. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> no, yes, you can pick horror movies. And you could even pick um, The Lighthouse, which has a couple of really great screams in it, um, even though it's not a horror movie.
1: Oh, wait. That's a good one. Shit. And, Dingus, what if the listeners have – oh, yeah, I have a great scream I want to tell – Tom Dingus and Kelly Wand about what should they do in that order.
0: <laughs> they should write to three x three at quarter to three dot com, three x three at quarter to three spelled
1: out dot com by the end of the month. I forget what day. November twenty fourth midnight Pacific. Dingus, what if they can only think of one?
0: That's fine. If they think of one, if they think of two, send them in. If you t- if you think of five.
1: Send nope. all five in. No, no, read three of them. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, anime and Harry Potter has a good screen. <laughs> so, join us for Terminator: Dark Fate next week. I am Tom Chick. I've been here with Christian Murkowski. It's Christian Murkowski and the inimitable Kelly Wand.
3: The second weekend box office is much more important and interesting than the opening weekend QM. This old heave a portal, oh,
0: heave away Way, hey, roll and go The anchor's on board and the cable's all stored To be Roddick in Randy dandy Ho Whenever
2: I try to kiss and punch Dingus, he makes it weird Dingus, I'm with you. There was nothing in First Man I hadn't already seen done better in First Daughter
0: I'd prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to origai 6? Is that a question, yes, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. Why'd you spill your beans, Kelly Juan?
2: <laughs> <laughs> because I used to drink a lot. <laughs>
0: you have a way with words, Kelly.
3: R. Like on nipple.
0: And letters, apparently. What? R.